Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. (laughs) Bonjour. I love saying that. Oh, and I'm so glad for our opportunity to join together in the light. Thank you for joining with me. And let us begin with a blessing. I place my hand on my heart. I invite you to do the same. We are declaring our wholeheartedness. We are wholeheartedly partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self and we're allowing ourselves to be led and guided to the highest and best. We are truly grateful to open ourselves to unprecedented love, light, joy, healing, wholeness. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to pure insight. The wisdom of God is shining in our mind and we are grateful. We are grateful to open ourselves to a healing awareness that is so profound that we are lifted and shifted in this very moment to a higher vibration. We are recalibrated. We are brought back to the default settings of perfection and wholeness, beauty and magnificence. We are grateful and thankful to claim our healing right now. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah. Always stay for the prayer. Always stay for that blessing. It's so valuable. Mm -hmm. It's why I teach the power of prayer in Masterful Living class. Many people were raised in religion. I was not. And uh, I I, uh, have many people in in my life who describe themselves as recovering Catholics. And um, I've been told that in a lot of Christian churches that people are not taught to pray. And so that that's really um, the purview of the, the priest. And uh, although they are taught prayers like Hail Mary, full of grace, and, and different uh, prayers that... People can recite like a mantra. And of course, that's powerful and that's healing too, very much so. And it's also powerful and empowering when we know how to pray and feel we can pray effectively. And uh, prayers healed my life so much. I'm, I'm... really dedicated to the power of prayer. In our ministry meetings, we pray in and we pray out, and we're glad for the power of prayer. In my counseling sessions, we pray in, we pray out. It's prayer is the foundation. I, I know the power of prayer. I feel the power of prayer. I see the power of prayer. And that's a perfect lead-in, thank you, Spirit, to... Uh, Chapter 5, Healing and Wholeness in the text, has an intro. We're going to look at the intro. Um, And, of course, healing is at the level of the mind. And that's where our thoughts and prayers are happening, the mind that's in the heart. And I work with so many people who are challenged to heal all kinds of things and everybody has different experiences so I work with I have worked with and and work with many people who have chronic depression 
And it's a beautiful thing to see that completely dissolve and resolve never to return. Uh, People who have suicidal tendencies and thoughts. um, People who have tremendous anger, resentment, lots and lots of fear. All of these emotional challenges that are so intense. Uh, I think it's, I know it's very helpful to focus on healing that emotional body, healing the emotions so they're not getting triggered all the time. Because when our emotions are getting triggered all the time or our physical body is uncomfortable a lot of the time, then we're very distracted by all of that, right? And also, years ago when I started studying the science of mind and um, I'd get the flu, or something like that, which I'm blessed. I, I don't get sick very often anymore, and when I do, it's, I know it's time to rest and recalibrate, so I don't mind it. But um, fortunately, it doesn't happen very often. And uh, But I used to get the flu once or twice a year, or get a bad cold or something. And when I started studying new thought, really, I realized the power of my thought began to understand that began to comprehend that and pay attention to it and work with it and so I heard myself walking around my house or laying on the sofa and saying oh my god I'm miserable this is so horrible this is awful I feel like death and just one negative affirmation after another and I realized oh Gosh, I have got to change my thinking here. This is not good. Now that I know the power of thought, I must change my thinking. And I know, too, that one of the things that's very challenging for us when there's something in our life we'd like to heal, whether it's our finances or our body or our emotional body or our relationship, the tendency is to keep affirming that it's not well, that it's bad, it's wrong, it's missing something, it's dysfunctional. And then, of course, as we all know, more of the same, more of the same. So learning to change the channel to not engage in what Jesus calls mind-wandering is the discipline of A Course in Miracles. It's a mind-training system that works And we can have extraordinary, life-changing, body-healing, emotional body-healing shifts through that application. And it also, Course in Miracles in the Manual for Teachers, challenges us to recognize that just because the physical or form hasn't changed does not mean the healing hasn't happened. We don't know what anything is for and everything works together for our good and there are no exceptions. Not making exceptions is one of the most challenging things for all of us. It's so tempting to make exceptions and yet it's not helpful. It is not helpful at all. So let's go to this intro to chapter 5, Healing and Wholeness is the name of the chapter. And the intro begins with, to heal is to make happy. I've told you to think how many opportunities you have had to gladden yourself and how many you have refused. Boy, that's me. I, I know that I used to have a vigorous habit of refusing the things that could make me happy. Refusing to enjoy things. In refusing to be happy. It was the power that I thought I had was to withhold my own happiness it's a form of 
punishing ourselves and others. Punishment is such a uh, pervasive part of the ego thought system that people should be punished. That's why I really have learned to watch any temptation I have to think someone should be punished for what they have done or haven't done. It's very tempting to think that when people behave in a destructive manner that's harmful to other people, that they should be punished. It's very tempting to think that. But that is a self-destructive thought. When we think anyone ought to be published, it is a self-destructive thought because we cannot believe that others ought to be punished and not believe that we too should be punished. And then, of course, what are we going to do? We will punish ourselves. So I definitely felt that I deserved to be punished. And so I would not allow myself to be happy. In many instances, I would make choices that were less happy. I could have made happier choices. But there was definitely a martyrdom to my choices. That in some way, somehow, I was punishing others by choosing not to be happy. So how many opportunities, Jesus says, I've told you to think, how many opportunities you've had to gladden yourself and how many you've refused. This is the same as telling you that you have refused to heal yourself. So think about the times when you had an opportunity to do something fun, to be with fun people, to enjoy your life, to be loving, to give and to receive love that was meant in a loving way. And you denied yourself. You said no. Just think of it for a minute. See what flashes into your mind of where you have been making that kind of a choice to deny yourself, to deprive yourself. It's valuable, it's helpful to be aware of where these things are happening so that we can recognize them in the future and make a new choice. So now that you maybe have recognized some ways that you could have been happy, I think of someone I was counseling who was very sad because they had come to believe that their first marriage that they had when they were in their 20s, now they were in their 30s, 10 years before, uh, and they had been divorced now for 10 years, but then they had been married for five, something like that. They were very sad because they could see now, after having dated many people, that in the marriage they had their the partner they loved and adored. They really did. And the reason they got divorced was because they had complaints and disappointments and they thought, surely I can find someone about whom I have very little complaints and grievances and things like that, thinking that, you see, it was outside that the problem was outside of them in that first partner. But now, ten years after the divorce, they realized, no, I had the perfect partner for me. I've never met anyone I cared about as much as that person. And I blew it. Because now they're married to somebody else. And that's it. That's over. And I need to move on. 
And they were having trouble moving on for one reason and one reason only, and that is that they were judging themselves and not forgiving themselves. And that's what we do. And these are the kinds of choices that we make that impede our healing and our wholeness, big time. Quite obviously, we cannot experience joy and regret at the same time. To heal is to make happy. And it's not the kind of temporal happiness that comes from, oh, look, I have a new car, I'm happy now. Because we all know that doesn't last. And really that kind of happiness that's circumstantial, uh, it really comes from momentary sense of having versus lacking. I just did my free class, Unblock the Flow of Time, Energy, Money, which you can still get. Uh, And uh, I did two different ones, and um, they were similar, but quite different and substantially different, too. So if that's uh, something that's really valuable to you, the Unblock the Flow of Time, Energy, Money, go get that free class right now while it's still there. And so the, the, the deep well of happiness, the, the pure joy, is when we're in the flow of love. Only love can, can bring that up. Love and joy are synonymous. They're, they really come together. When we are loving, then we're joyful. When we're joyful, it's so easy to be loving. They, they go together so well. And, in fact, Jesus says here, again, I'm just going to start at the beginning, to heal is to make happy. I've told you to think how many opportunities you've had to gladden yourself and how many you refused. This is the same as telling you that you have refused to heal yourself. The light that belongs to you is the light of joy. Radiance is not associated with sorrow. Joy calls forth an integrated willingness to share it and promotes the mind's natural impulse to respond as one. Yep. (laughs) So let's look at that. This is so valuable to us. Joy calls forth an integrated willingness to share it. Integrated. So that that means we've really embraced it. We've really embodied it. And that to me is the thing about living A Course in Miracles. It comes from that real embodiment. It comes from this is how my, my life is lived. It comes from changing your knee-jerk reactions. So where your knee-jerk reaction was to be annoyed or frustrated, now your knee-jerk reaction is to extend compassion, right? An integrated willingness to share the joy. And because that's that's natural. When you have joy, you wish to share it. What could be more joyful than sharing it? When when you are loving, well, the thing you really most would like to do is share that love and extend it. That's just natural. And this promotes the mind's natural impulse to respond as one, to be integrated in your body, mind, and spirit. It takes a real willingness and that willingness to share, to extend, to be truly helpful. It so completely enlarges the focus in our awareness on healing, on wholeness, on freedom, on joy. Wholeness is our natural state. So if we're not experiencing wholeness, we're blocking it in some way. And the thing is not to ever feel bad or wrong for that, because that's not what's going on. We're not sinners 
And that's why we're experiencing illness or challenge in some way. No, 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 no. It's it's really not it's not clear precisely why we might be experiencing some kind of effect. You know, this one is experiencing depression, this one's experiencing cancer, this one's experiencing mystery illness, this one's experiencing uh, a, a desire to kill themselves. The why of it, we don't even need to know the why of it. The thing for us is to go to spirit for the healing. Spirit, whatever this is, whatever the root cause of it is, whatever's in my thinking, whatever's happening in my awareness that is causing this, I am ready to let it go. I'm ready to let it be dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause so I never experience it again. I'm so ready to be done with it. And now is the time of my healing. I am choosing healing. You see, let us not waste any time, energy, or money trying to analyze what the problem is because the the solving of the problem does not require our analysis at all. It does not require our analysis. It requires our turning it over, handing it up and over to the higher Holy Spirit Self. It says here, Those who attempt to heal without being holy, joyous themselves, call forth different kinds of responses at the same time and thus deprive others of the joy of responding wholeheartedly. So this is talking about those who are trying to help others heal without being wholly joyous themselves call forth different kinds of responses at the same time and thus deprive others of the joy of responding wholeheartedly. So when we're conflicted and we're trying to help others, we are going to bring forth different kinds of responses at the same time. So that's where we can work on being wholehearted. Are we really conflicted? If we are, we can give that to the Spirit for healing every time. I love that. I just love that. That is one of the most extraordinary, most miraculous things to me is that we can actually depend upon Spirit. Because that is not the thinking that most people have. To really have faith and trust and depend upon spirit. But learning to do that and developing that ability, that unleashes the joy. It unleashes the love. Because now we're trusting love instead of trusting in our own opinions and judgments. And most people on a healing track, they are trying to find out who can they trust? Who has the wisdom? Who has the intelligence? And when we're looking outside of ourselves for the answer that way, which is totally understandable, we're not looking to spirit. And we don't trust spirit. Why don't we trust spirit? Because we don't trust ourselves. When we say, I'll be there tomorrow, and we don't make an effort to be there, we are declaring we are not trustworthy. When we say we're going to start that exercise program in the morning and we don't, then we are declaring we are not trustworthy. And it's interesting because sometimes people get offended and hurt. They're thinking, hey, you can trust me. Hey, I know what that is. I can handle that. And they're offended because you don't feel that you would like to rely on them or trust them. Now, it may just be that you're fearful, but it may also be that 
you can tell they're not trustworthy. And the person who gets upset by that, of course, (laughs) we don't get upset by things that aren't true. Somebody says to you, you're a murderer. You're a murderer. I know you murdered children. We wouldn't ever be like, that's not true. That's not true. Unless it was true. I don't think so. Anyway, if somebody accused me of murdering children, I'd be, I'd think, okay, I think it's time for me to go now. This person has lost their mind. Not going to be a productive conversation. I do not need to defend myself. I'm out. Thank you very much. So next time you're defending yourself, instead, relax. There's nothing to defend, right? Let's just be in our loving heart and be there wholeheartedly, letting the joy flow. I can't believe it's time for the break already, but it is. It is, it is. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back talking about healing and wholeness, talking about handing it over to the higher Holy Spirit self, placing our trust and faith in spirit. This is the hardest thing for people is to actually put their true trust and faith And I was sharing in Masterful Living that every year, at the beginning of the year, people are telling me in our one-on-ones that trust and faith is their biggest issue. It's the biggest challenge that they have to place their trust and faith in spirit. Now, I'm really glad that I realized every single second, every moment of every day, we're always putting our trust and faith in something, in something. Every second, that never stops. So it's a matter of choice, right? It's about choosing again. If we're putting our trust and faith in our own interpretations, if we're putting our trust and faith in our own discernment, if we're putting our trust and faith in other people, if we're putting our trust and faith in anything other than spirit, we will not have the same results as when we put our trust and faith in spirit. However, it's so much more. It's, in fact, a completely different thing to actually put our trust and faith in spirit versus saying it. Because many people will say that they're putting their trust and faith in God, but they're not actually doing that. They're saying it, but deep down, if you were able to, like, do a cross-section of their consciousness and look at it under a microscope, you would see that their faith is only in their previous experience and what they think could or should happen. But faith is like a muscle that you practice and use and get in shape. So for me, one of the things I really enjoy in life is being able to develop my strength and muscles. I'll just give you an example because it came popping into my awareness. I, uh, I was at a, a Kundalini yoga class uh, and we were doing these abdominal exercises. And when they started, I thought, oh, this is going to be a bit rough couple of minutes of doing this (laughs) and but I just I had that thought and then I let it be and I just started doing it and I didn't find it that difficult it actually surprised me a bit that it was easier than I thought it was going to be and 
after a few minutes when we were finishing up, I noticed that the young man, half my age, and the young woman, half my age, on either side of me, they were giving out, and I knew I could go another minute or two. And I attribute it to, in large part, I sit without back support a lot. And so I'm sitting cross-legged on the floor. I'm sitting uh, on the sofa, but I'm not leaning back against the sofa. So I'm sitting cross-legged. I'm using my abs and my back muscles a lot to hold myself up. That's the way I'm most comfortable a lot of the time is I like to use my core strength. And I do have a core strength. The core strength comes not from my physicality. It comes from my spirituality because that core strength is also related to um, first, second, third, particularly second and third chakras, particularly third. Third chakra is really where the ego identity is. And I know for me, I used to feel sick to my stomach all the time if I felt threatened. I'd feel sick to my stomach, feel this achy in my stomach, nausea, or just an achiness. And I, it took me a long time to till I started studying about the chakras to realize, oh, my ego identity is being threatened and it, it, it it's associated with that third chakra. So anyway... Our strength does not come from things in the world. It comes from our connection with spirit. And where we place our faith determines how things are going to go. So it's lean not on your own ability to figure it out. I, I, I remember that all the time. Lean on spirit. Lean not on yourself, Jennifer. Lean on spirit. And so I've trained myself, and of course I'm still, I'm not a beginner, uh, but I don't even think of myself as an advanced student. I'm really learning how to truly trust God in every moment, to trust love in every moment. And that's a major healing. That's a major step towards wholeness that we can activate through faith and trust, right? So think of the what I call the purpose prayer, the one that's on page 28. I am here only to be truly helpful. It's uh, at the end of section 5 in chapter 2. And it, it begins with, I, I call this the purpose prayer, it begins with, you can do much on behalf of your own healing and that of others if, in a situation calling for help, you think of it this way. And this applies to you are having a heart attack. (laughs) It applies to you are having your gallbladder removed. It applies to whatever you're going through. You're having your teeth cleaned. Whatever you're going through, it applies there. So, in a situation calling for help, you think of it this way. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here in this situation, in this experience, only to be truly helpful. I am here in this life, in this body, in in this room, in this community, only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent or represent God who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because the one who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever God wishes, knowing God goes there with me. I will be healed as I let God teach me to heal. Healing and wholeness. This is how we're healed. We walk in the world or even we roll in our wheelchair. We lay in our bed. Whatever's going on with us, only to be truly helpful. 
If we think we're there to get something, we're mistaken. Because sometimes we go someplace to get something and then we get disappointed because we didn't get it. Right? I've still got that going on. But even if you're going (laughs) to pick up food, to take it out, I still am here only to be truly helpful. I was uh, talking with some folks uh, doing a forgiveness workshop and stay tuned because I'm probably going to do another one or two or three more forgiveness workshops if, if they can be arranged while I'm in New Jersey this winter and early spring. So stay tuned for that if you're interested in that. Um, Watch Facebook and my events page and things like that. I was, I think it was in the forgiveness workshop I did recently that I said, I've learned if I go into Starbucks, right, or wherever, and somebody's having an argument, somebody's upset, instead of thinking, oh, God. Another example I gave was a crying baby on a plane, something that I've experienced far too many times to count. I used to be the person, you hear the crying baby on the plane, you hear the people arguing, you think, I would think, oh, God, save me from these people. Golly. I used to just go right into complaining like, oh, man, you're harshing my buzz. You're ruining my day. You're causing me a problem. I did. I was a complainer. I'd go right into that kind of thinking. Now I hear a crying baby on a plane. I go into prayer. I go into knowing the truth. And the babies stop crying. If somebody's arguing in a store, the natural instinct is to get away from them. What if you know the truth? You know you're there to be truly helpful. You know that you're there to represent the one who sent you. And you have been sent. And you step closer to them. Broadcasting the high vibration of compassion and understanding because you too have had an argument you too have felt uncomfortable you too have had a crying baby you too have felt depressed instead of looking at the person who seems to be down and out and thinking oh boy that guy's in trouble no Our healing is the healing of the world. The world's healing is our healing. Healing and wholeness emanates from our spirit. We are broadcasting it. And we put our faith not in our own decision-making, not in our own abilities. We put our trust and faith in the one who sent us, will tell us what to say and what to do, and will direct us if we're willing. That is our wholeness. That is our salvation. That's it right there. So often we're looking, how am I going to have a healing? You know, I, I'm, I'm someone, I like to take a lot of herbs. I love my essential oils. I love plants, uh, plant food. I'm uh, I'm not completely vegan now, but I'm getting there. I'm a bit of a flexitarian. <laughs> and um, by the way, I did see a great movie, totally off topic, Game Changer. It's a documentary about these uh, men, uh, particularly athletic men, and the effects of... Um, changes in their diet to heal their body and to um, give the best performance as athletes. And uh, it's quite interesting. Saw it on Netflix. Game changer. So let's go back to the beginning of Chapter 5. And we're talking about being wholehearted. Uh, and the joy of responding wholeheartedly. Talking about 
joy calling forth this integrated willingness to share the joy and that it joy promotes the mind's natural impulse to respond as one as not separate as connected as compassionate so it says here then in the next paragraph to be wholehearted you must be happy if fear and love cannot coexist and if it is impossible to be wholly fearful completely fearful and remain alive the only possible whole state is that of love so our wholeness is an expression of love we are expressions of love love is our true identity so when we are unloving we're not well certainly we're not well in our belief system we're not well in our thoughts in our mental body and if we're not being loving we're not well in our emotional body and of course we're not going to be well in our physical body and who among us is completely loving 100% of the time i don't know many <laughs> very few have i seen be completely loving most of the time so we aspire to that we don't say it's impossible we aspire to it we say spirit that's my goal you show me how i'm doing it it's happening i'm doing it it's happening it's happening by me through me around me with my full cooperation thank you god for my healing that's another thing related to healing and wholeness let's just give thanks for our healing all the time because healing is happening now let's give thanks for it all the time all right <laughs> it's exciting if fear and love cannot coexist and if it is impossible to be completely fearful wholly fearful and remain alive the only possible whole state is that of love there is no difference between love and joy therefore the only possible whole state is that of love there is no difference between love and excuse me therefore the only possible whole state is the holy joyous completely joyous to heal or to make joyous is therefore the same as to integrate and to make one that is why it makes no difference to what part or by what part of the sonship the healing is offered every part benefits and benefits equally so let's be wholehearted in offering wholeness to the sonship to all humanity to the 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 truth to the the life of love to the perfection and the beauty that is our natural and connected state we must be willing to offer it to the sonship and share it with everyone or we can't actually have it to have give all to all this is the teaching this is how it works in order to have it we must give it we must share it there's no other way so i invite you in this moment to think about who you feel does not deserve to be happy who do you feel does not deserve to be prosperous who do you feel does not deserve to be healthy and harmonious to be blessed who would you withhold the blessings from who would you deny joy to most of us have got people on that list and that's the thing i realized is oh to have joy i've got to be willing to give it share it with all or i myself cannot have it so if there's some person you work with 
some person in your family, in your history, some person in the political scene that you think should be punished does not deserve happiness or wholeness or beauty or truth or joy. You're denying it to yourself. There's no way that you can have it and think it should be withheld from somebody else. No way. Ain't happening. So let's just give up that fantasy. Now, think about this. Let's say there is somebody in the world who is um, unkind, vicious, cruel, murderous even. And you think, well, they don't deserve to be happy. They don't deserve to have joy. It's not about deserving, you see. As long as someone is murdering people and disrespecting people and um, being mean and cruel, they aren't going to experience true joy or happiness because they're blocking the flow of love. So what more could we possibly have a desire for them than that they would come to joy? Because if they come to joy, they've come to love. If they've come to their loving heart, the the meanness, the cruelness, the murdering, the torturing will stop. So let us bless them that despitefully use anyone. We must bless them. We must bless everyone that we think should be punished. As soon as we have the thought, they don't deserve, they should be punished. They should be ashamed of what they are doing. They should be ashamed, right? That's such a common thought. They should be ashamed. No, let no one be ashamed. Let everyone feel loved, right? Because people who know who they are, that know their true identity, that are loved and are loving, will not do those things. They will be redeemed, and we are to be the redeemers. So this week is um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day week, and I'd just like to do a couple minutes on, on, on that topic here because it's so appropriate to the healing and the wholeness, the healing and the wholeness of our heart and our body temple. All healing is at the level of the mind, the mind that's in the heart, so Love is the answer. Think of uh, Jesus who told the man who had been in his bed for a decade or whatever it was, take up your bed and walk. He he gave a talk. Uh, you remember they had to, um, he was giving a talk in somebody's house. They had to take off the roof to bring this guy in on his, his bed. And you know that talk was about forgiveness. You know that talk was about giving up your attachments to the past. And Jesus said to the man, let go of the past. Let go of it and then take up your bed and walk. When we can let go of the past and the hurts. Because if we're thinking somebody should be punished, somebody that we see on the screen of our life should be punished, you know that we're angry about something in the past that we're reliving here in the future. Now, one of my favorite speeches by Dr. King is the Loving Our Enemies speech. And it's it's such a powerful tool. It's beautiful for us. And you can, um, in my Spiritual Espresso today, my daily blog, I quote from it. I give you links to it. You can listen to it. You can read it. And I really encourage you to do that. I even made a video where you can see the text scrolling while you listen to it. Because when you read and listen at the same time, it's so powerful. In the speech there, he says at one point, love has within it a redemptive power. And there is a power there that eventually transforms individuals. We know that, don't we? He said, that's why Jesus says, love your enemies. Because if you hate your enemies, you have no way to redeem and to transform your enemies. But if you love your enemies, you will discover that at the very root of love is the power of redemption. You just keep loving people and keep loving them, even though they're mistreating you. Here's the person who is a neighbor, and this person is doing something wrong to you and all of that. 
Just keep being friendly to that person. Keep loving them. Don't do anything to embarrass them. Just keep loving them. And they can't stand it too long. Oh, they react in many ways in the beginning. They react with bitterness because they're mad because you love them like that. They react with guilt feelings. And sometimes they'll hate you a little more at that transition period. But just keep loving them. And by the power of your love, they will break down under the load. That's love, you see. It is redemptive. And that is why Jesus says, love. There's something about love that builds up and is creative. There's something about hate that tears down and is destructive. So love your enemies. The way to wholeness is love. That is the way. Now, and, and this is what Jesus is saying to us in chapter 2 of this introduction to chapter 5, that every part of the sonship benefits with healing when we choose love. Last paragraph here, he says, You are being blessed by every beneficent thought of any of your brothers anywhere. You should want to bless them in return, out of gratitude. You need not know them individually or they you. The light is so strong that it radiates throughout the sonship and returns thanks to the Father for radiating his joy upon it. Only God's holy children are worthy channels of his beautiful joy because only they are beautiful enough to hold it by sharing it. It is impossible for a child of God to love his neighbor except as himself. That is why the healer's prayer is, let me know this brother as I know myself. That's our prayer. Let me know this brother as I know myself, as the pure and perfect love of God. Amen to that. I'm so excited. Best year ever. Best decade ever. Here it comes. (laughs) Thank you to all the people who financially contribute and support this radio show and make it possible, plus the free classes like the Unblock class I just did. And let's pray. I know we are blessed We are grateful and thankful to receive our blessings. We share with all. In gratitude, we say amen, amen, amen. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah!